welcome to another episode of Sit Down and Think, where we get the skinny on the latest thing happening in the world of animation. Today, I'm sitting down with a few crew members in the Netflix series Dogs in Space. So, who are you people? <laughs> uh, I'll go first. Yeah, wait. Uh, go. Hi, <laughs> uh, I'm Sarah Biesel. I was a board artist on Dogs in Space. <laughs> uh, I'm Tom Cantor. I was a storyboard revisionist on season one of Dogs in Space. Uh, and I am Marissa Bernstell, and I was also a storyboard revisionist on Dogs in Space for season one. All right. Uh, Dogs in Space is definitely a series that I, I want to say is very, it, it was intriguing. It was it came out of nowhere, but it really leaves an impression with how it carries itself with like all these, with the characters and everything. At some point you would think, Hmm, okay, maybe I'm wondering it might be a cute little show, but then you get deeper into it and it's like, oh, it's that type of show that has some commentary to it. And I think that's what probably caught a lot of people off guard. Yeah. Yeah, that's, for sure. That's definitely one of my favorite things about the show. I love shows like that. It's like, oh, it's so cute and happy. And it's just like, we're going to teach you stuff, though. Like, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. deep. <laughs> and it's yeah, funny because, like, like, Dogs in Space. Yeah, go on. <laughs> oh, I was just saying, I like that it like kind of calls out the environmental issues going on right now. Just like, look where we could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, yeah, it's kind of like you mentioned, like on the surface levels, like the show is just called Dogs in Space. And you're like, okay, well, it's what it, okay, it's what it says on the tin, maybe. And then you go in and it's like, oh my, okay, there's like more to this. And I think that's what um, really is impressive about the show in general. I think that's why it sticks with people is because it just has more to say than just having like cute dogs in space. <laughs> exactly. I think that's something I very much appreciate is that it's like, yeah, you have the cute characters, but there's actually some levels to all of them and the situation they're in, you know, with the fact that it's like, they are, you know, essentially just doing the humans bidding to clean up the humans mess at the end <laughs> of the day. Like yeah. that's just something I was, and they're constantly complaining about that fact, which I like. Yeah, you got, you have to call that out at the end. Of the day. <laughs> uh, yep. I think it's one great. of my favorite lines is like from the puppy episode, uh, when at the very beginning, I think it's episode five, and it's uh, garbage says, "I think we should just, you know, they're planning to have like a day of a day off, like a day of relaxation," and he says, "We should just do what like humans would do," and Kira who's like the most jaded of the crew says uh like what was it discover this like colonize this planet and pretend we discovered it or something like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like once i heard that line i was like yeah yes. exactly exactly that's that's exactly what i was having when like once we got to cure and everything i was like oh okay like i see all of this one and I can't, I can't pretend like I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't sugarcoat yeah, really what's going on. Yeah, I really liked Kira's like whole plot. It was really nice, like just the contrast between her and Garbage. Uh, like Garbage is all like loyal to the humans, and then she's been like, she's like who Garbage could wind up being, <laughs> like, and kind of gives Garbage a different perspective. <laughs> so oh, I yeah. thought that was like really nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely, most definitely. So I want to ask for each of you, like, in terms of getting into animation, the animation industry, like, what was your journey that, you know, brought you to Dogs in Space? 
go one by one for this. Like how we like got into the industry and like and then got to the, the job or uh or... essentially like what yeah, like what got you to the industry and then what got you to uh dogs in space. Yeah. Mm. Um so yeah, when I started I actually <laughs> for like the longest time I I played a lot of softball and I wanted to be like a professional softball player, but then I injured my wrist and like, I would draw a lot on the side. And so like, after that dream got crushed, I was watching like Foster's home for imaginary friends. And then I had this like epiphany. I was like, this is a job. People do this job. <laughs> so like, I was like, I want to get into animation. Um, Cause I already like also like to write and stuff. So um, yeah, I went to like, school in Detroit I'm from Michigan uh, college for creative studies and then uh, my first job was at WB uh, on wacky races and then I was at Cartoon Network on Ben 10 the reboot the one that everybody hates <laughs> and then <laughs> it's okay I love that crew though it was the crew makes it um, <laughs> and then um yeah and then I bounced around a couple other studios and then uh yeah, I was on Trolls at DreamWorks as a temp board artist, and then um, Dogs, I, I like interviewed for Dogs and got that um, right before the pandemic. <laughs> so I didn't even get to go in the studio. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, and then uh, hopped on the Dogs and um, just, yeah, just like learned about the characters and everything. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Um, so, uh, I grew up in Belgium and that is a place that is famous for a lot of comic books. And I read a lot of comics growing up, like Tintin, uh, you know, is from Belgium and like the Smurfs originated this comic book and Asterix, which is like more of a French comic book, but like, it's still popular in Belgium. So like I read a lot of comics, I drew a lot of comics growing up. And at some point I was like, I want to see my guy. I want to see the people that I draw move around and talk and like, you know, that'd be really cool if they did that. And that eventually led to my interest in animation. So I went to, we moved to the States, uh, like during high school for me. And I studied animation out in California. And I took a lot of production jobs. Um, like I was a PA for like the first basically three or four years after I graduated. Because uh, I didn't know if I was, you know, I didn't know if my portfolio was good enough yet. And I was just like, I should just stay with production so I can at least know the ins and outs. And, um, and then after a while, I was like, okay, I got to make, <laughs> at some point I got to move over. I like, I had to make the conscious decision to like, you know, stop looking for production work and like get into storyboarding. So I did some freelance work and I just did some personal projects. And eventually uh, the showrunner of Dogs in Space uh, saw something that I made and he reached out to me and was like, hey, we're making a show. This is like in January of 2020. Huh. He reached out to me and said, hey, I saw something that you made. I liked it. Uh, we're making a show about dogs that go into outer space looking for new planets. And I was like, sounds cool. And then I interviewed in March, like basically the week before lockdown. So I was scared for a moment. I was like, is this still happening? Um, and then, yeah, but eventually everything worked out and I started out working from home. And yeah, and everything was just sort of gravy from there. Mm. Uh, cool. Yeah, so I guess... I, uh, as a kid, was always really into art, and my parents were kind enough to um, foster that interest and kind of help me get into certain art programs. Like, I, 
I went to a magnet school for like art um, for uh, middle school and high school where they did more like fine art kind of things. And I always liked uh, to draw cartoons, which made them kind of like, no, 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 <laughs> don't, don't do that. And I was like, okay, I'll do this still life and also draw cartoons when I go home <laughs> and not show my teachers. <laughs> so I did that. Um, and then eventually I went to college to pursue 3D animation because, you know, my parents were like, oh, we hear 2D art, uh, 2D animation is kind of dead, right? Like, so you should probably learn some 3D and be a little more like, um, you know, open to more jobs. And I did that. But in the back of my mind, I always really liked drawing and the storyboarding process. Um it took me a while to get into storyboarding, though. Uh, my 3D skills kind of brought me into games. Uh, so I worked in games for a while, which, um, long story short, isn't great. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so eventually I was able to... Uh, I, I worked uh, at Lucasfilm for the last season of Clone Wars because it was kind of a combination of 3d and 2d storyboarding and that's finally what got the studios to look at me and take a chance on me for 2d boarding which i absolutely love and i never want to go back <laughs> um <laughs> and as far as dogs in space my first storyboarding job was actually on a show called duncanville at bento box uh-huh. it's an adult show um adult comedy Uh, like sitcom kind of thing and it was fun and I enjoyed it Uh, and that's where I met Adam Henry the um, supervising director and he actually reached out to me later after he left and was like hey how would you like to do something a little more exciting than primetime animation (laughs) and I was like how can I refuse adorable dogs in space and I love Star Trek (laughs) and animals like yes of course yes so that's kind of how I got there (laughs) Uh, it, that's definitely interesting like between all three of you like having like all these different ways of how you got into the industry and somehow all managed to make it to this one production like it, it's it's definitely fascinating that you can all be on all these different in all these different areas and somehow you meet for this one particular show that's about talking dogs in space of all things and I, I think that's just kind of, if anything, that's kind of inspiring, I find, for, like, a lot of people who want to be into in, into animation to find out it's like, oh, yeah, somehow you're going to find, like, meet up with, meet up with a bunch of people who are, like, from around the world, even. Like, like some people can be from just a different state, others a whole different country, even. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, that's just always something that I found interesting. Yeah, it's a lot, too, of, like, kind of like a who, who you know thing because like I'll say like definitely after getting that first job it's been a lot easier to get other work because it's like your co-workers kind of become your referrals like uh. I forgot to mention like for dogs it was like my friend April is friends with Monica who was like one of the directors on the show and she's like oh yeah she saw your work and she told me to have you email her so it was kind of like I didn't even know about dogs until my friend April told me about it. So <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's just like, and then, yeah, my first job, like I have to thank Chris Houghton for that because uh, he referred me to his, the director that was on Wacky because I was testing for Disney TV. I had like over like 12 tests 
like Disney TV just kept sending me tests, but they wouldn't hire me. I was like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> and, uh, and then like, just out of nowhere, I'm like, why? I'm like, WB sending me a test. I was like, I don't remember reaching out to them, but I'll take it. And then I kind of lucked out that they didn't pay attention that I was in Michigan on my resume. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they're like, can you come next week? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get on wow. the plane. <laughs> but yeah it's definitely like like a it helps like once you get all the friends like kind of going it kind of just helps you meet more people and branch out easier the industry is surprisingly small (laughs) yeah that's and that's like the tough thing about people who are like getting into the industry like because they think you know i I, I also teach storyboarding to some students as well. And that's like kind of their number one question. It's like, how do you gain experience if you have no experience? Uh, you know, it's sort of that whole cycle of, I can't get the job because I don't have experience, but I don't have experience because I can't get the job. Mm. Um, and, it, it, and, and, but that's the thing is like, people think that there's like a one specific perfect way to like apply for work and get the job. And it's like, it isn't, it isn't easy, you know, before Dogs in Space, I was bas- I basically had like a two-year period where I was like doing freelance, but I was really struggling. And, you know, I, you know, questioned myself. I was like, is this something I want to do? Like, is it worth it? And, you know, it is worth it. I mean, also, like, this is the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> but I think, uh, but I think it's just like, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But yeah, networking is super important. Like before the pandemic began, I was like always trying to go to sort of mixers and stuff like that. I don't know, Sarah, Marissa, I don't know if you ever went to like the women in animation mixers that they had going mm-hmm. on or Creative Society. Uh, like they had some stuff going on there. And that's what I recommend to my students is like meet people and mm-hmm. reach out to people. And yes, some people won't get back to you, but that's okay. Deal with the rejection now. Like, you know, that's just something that's going to happen. Yeah, like, uh, I was actually, like, because <laughs> it was, like, a whole year after college, like, of just testing and testing and not getting, you know, a, a, any job offers or anything. And so I was actually working at a nursing home, seeing if I liked being a nurse, because I was, wow. like, already starting to be, like, I'm probably going to need a backup career, like, you know. And, uh-huh. I, you know, I was in that freak-out stage of, like, I might not get in, like, and so... Like, yeah, I'd, like, work at the nursing home. I'd come home and stay up late doing, like, the 50th board test from Disney TV. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, it's just, it was just, it was, it's scary. It's hard. It's just, like, I, I would also recommend, like, when you meet, like, to network, I'd say try to network more on a friendship level. Like, don't be, like, kind of, like, pestering because nobody wants yeah. to feel like you're, like, just being used to kids like us yeah so like you know and you want to be friends anyways like you want to make friends in the industry it's like oh yeah you know because when you're they know you personally they're more apt to refer you than just being like oh yeah that works good but i don't know are they a good person (laughs) right (laughs) like are they gonna be like awful to work with (laughs) yeah i think that that's something i've been very much trying to get well, more or less get back into it. It's like network and understand. It's like sometimes they don't want to just talk about their job. Mm-hmm. They're still mm-hmm. a person. Like, and <laughs> yeah. that's some um, you notice a lot, a lot of which it's like they're also nerds and like, nerd <laughs> culture is, you know, <laughs> the thing, the hot thing right now. It's like talk some nerd shit. What about, <laughs> those, <or> <laughs> what about those Star Wars guys? 
<laughs> yeah, the lightsabers and the jetties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. Absolutely. It's it's definitely a thing where it's like because it is easy to kind of forget. It's like these are still human beings. They they're not machines, obviously. They're insane, but they're not machines because <laughs> let's face it, like working at wanted to do animation, doing all those individual frames and everything, like you have to be insane. To, but it's still but it's clearly a satisfying job, obviously. There's clearly a passion to it. So it's like like sure, maybe you could talk about something that's animated related, but it doesn't have to be something job job related you know it's like and that's always the biggest thing it's like because uh, it's always scary for a lot of people it's like do i yeah, want to it's, it's like oh people i'm scared hold me mommy that's <laughs> my set uh, yeah <laughs> i would always good. like be worried about bothering people uh especially mm. when i'd go to ctn i was always <laughs> like and like wanting to get my portfolio reviewed like god bless sabrina Cotugno. they were very good at um like every year I'd come to their booth and uh, just like ask them and they would um, review it. And then I'd buy a piece of their work <laughs> as a thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I've got like uh, three of their gravity falls poster pieces on my wall and I love them so much. <laughs> gravity falls. That's, that's a- that's definitely a series that still lasts. It's yeah, amazing. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a big inspiration good. for a lot of us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I remember yeah, watching it in college, just getting excited over every episode. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Well, and I think uh, it's not very... I mean, I found a lot of like similarities with Dogs in Space and that as well. Just like the the humor and then the underlying like story. Like, And I, I love that so much. Like, each episode is entertaining on an individual level, but each episode does matter. Like it's not just a one-off and that's just so fun and like fulfilling to work on and to watch like all together. (laughs) And I think, I think it's a really rare experience to have an animation because we all work on shows where it's like, yeah, whatever it's a show and it's, you know, mainly for kids. And it's like, you know, we're just doing the work. And then a show like Dogs in Space comes along and we're working on it and like we're having fun working on it and it's just cool to work with these characters. And I think for a lot of us, it became sort of like a big passion project, like just getting to work with in this world with these characters. Like we, you know, I think you feel a lot of love in the show coming up because we just all really liked, you know, the show. And we, we had a great, you know, creator in Jeremiah Cortez and showrunner Adam Henry and all the directors um, and, you know, I think just, it, especially in the heat of a pandemic, it's like we were able to come together in that very sort of somber time and, you know, create something that we're all proud of, which I think, you know, is a very rare experience to have in this industry. Yeah, there's like few shows where like every character is like my favorite. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I was like, all these characters they're so like jeremiah did a great job of like getting their personalities down and like just like because i remember even going through the bible and i was like this guy like has it all figured out like (laughs) it's just but i i I do personally like stella i do relate to her a bunch (laughs) she's definitely reminds me of myself all the (laughs) self-doubt but it it fuels you (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think uh, the one character I probably and 
this is just probably just be trying to humble either me humbling myself but it's like i think i relate to garbage the most like even on <laughs> even after a recent re, like rewatching, i was like damn i'm garbage <laughs> <laughs> don't don't call yourself like, that like, like obviously not in the literal but like in the sense it's like yeah you're just kind of fumbling through but you somehow get by like because that's what he is he tries his best and he clearly cares it's just a matter of he just fumbles the bag a few times but he's still but he still you know gets it through like he manages mm-hmm. to make it out yeah, he means well yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> and he's adorable I do. yeah he's very cute I think my favorite character, I don't know what Sarah Merce, I don't know what your favorite characters were. Mine was Choney's probably just cause he was like so fun to draw and like those big eyes lend themselves to like such fun expressions. I remember, I think Sarah was your drawing of her, of sorry, of Choney's going like inside the, oh. the, the neck or something. Like that's an example of like how flexible and how open-ended I feel like his expressions can be. I mean, all the characters are like that, but I think Choni's especially, like he was so much fun and so easy yeah. to draw. Like that's yeah. another thing too. Yeah, I will say like, yeah, they were, I, I I struggled a bit with them in the beginning just because of like, like sometimes like shows, like I struggle, like it's just not how I'm used to drawing. So it was like interesting, mm-hmm. like, like, because I remember in the beginning, James would always be like, they're too stiff. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, yeah, just like learning how to emote with dot eyes was mm. also interesting. Because, yeah, there was some stuff they were like, don't do this. And don't like, don't add lines and don't do this. And then I think, yeah. <laughs> I feel like once but, you start drawing dot eyes, it's really hard to go back. I've noticed that <laughs> I do more dot eyes in my roughs now because yeah. of dogs in space. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care. It works. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think the dot eyes, if anything, they really add to like the un- kind of that unique charm because every character, like, just like the fact that they have some can have sort of different animation styles sort of helps with the fact that it's like there are different species of dogs. So having different mm-hmm. styles, I think, if anything, that's amplifying, you know just how memorable they can be in terms of like their design and i think that's mm-hmm. just something that really stuck out with me with every like every character mm. that we saw yeah yeah and the neck rolls <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotta love those, those. Are fun. Yeah. So good. I was always funny. that was always funny to me with uh garbage. If ever he took his shirt off, it's like he, he just still has the neck roll. I'm like, I thought the shirt was doing it. It's like, no, that's just that's really his neck. He loves like, really? like, There's love this one line. Oh, yeah, there's this one line delivery like happy gives. <laughs> he like takes it's on there on that like magnetic, like near the end of the series, like the first season, and they're on that magnetic. Uh, planet. Um, planet, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he takes his shirt off and just so happy, he goes like, put your shirt back on, garbage. Like, just like, I don't know. <laughs> how, the, how he delivered that line, just, it makes me laugh so hard every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that was pretty funny I, episode between those two. I remember, and then, I can't, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 I'm cutting you off, go ahead. <laughs> I don't, I can't remember if I boarded or revised that part with the sh- taking the shirt off but i remember being very like oh my gosh how does he do this with his stubby little arms and his big fat neck like it was it was kind of hard to like figure out but it, it worked like the final animation i didn't question it at all 
I know. That, yeah, that was like their little arms. I was always just like, how are they going to grab this thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it kind of like, I'd have to cheat in the boards and I'd just make his arm longer. I was just like, yeah. I don't know. There's some... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a tough thing, staying with proportion sizes, especially when it came to limbs. There was one revision I did um, also in the puppy episode where uh, Stella salutes Duchess, like it's kind of after her performance review. And that was one of the revisions I did, which was like a fun revision to work on. But I have her salute, she's like doing this, but actually in our character model, her arm can only like reach up to here. So if you look at the board, which I, I think I posted like the revision on Twitter, um, if you look at that, like her arm is like really long, but if you look at the animation, they like her arm is like much smaller because her head is so big and like it only goes up to here. And I'm like, oh, the animators probably didn't like that I did that. There were probably like a lot of moments where I like drew something in a board and the animator or the background designer was like, why'd you do this? Oh, I mean, I... which I'm sure is like something they're used to, but it's like, I want to make things easier. Yeah. Plus every VG designer that has to deal with my uh, perspective AKA my non-existent perspective, <laughs> my guess of perspective. <laughs> like, I think this is how the interior looks. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of going off of all that in terms of doing the boards and everything, what with, what would you say goes into being like a board artist and revisionist and such, especially with a production like Dogs in Space with all these unique designs and backgrounds that we were able to see? I think like for like I think with boards especially like as like advice to people that are wanting to get into boards I definitely say take some animation classes um because I think that helps a lot with like understanding what is doable with animation and then like because sometimes I'll be boarding and I'll be like I don't think I want to do this to an animator. <laughs> so like, I'll like try to like, just kind of make it a bit easier, but like, um, and then like, yeah, just understanding like story and, um, composition and like, um, like I still screw up on sometimes on the 180 rule. James would catch oh, yeah, me on me that. I'm like, cause yeah, it's like one, once yeah. you, I, I just like, it's like, I get really, like once I have characters kind of moving around a space a bunch, sometimes it's like hard mm-hmm. to like, I like kind of, I get so into it. And then I feel like forget like, Oh, I just broke the 180 rule right there. <laughs> but like, so um, it's just like, yeah, trying to catch stuff like that. And then um, yeah, just kind of trying to think of like, uh, like what you're trying to tell within the scene, like story-wise, like, like what are the characters feeling? What's the emotion? Like what's the, what's the po- like what's the per like I'm still working on this myself. Is like what's the point of this shot? Like why are we using this staging? Why are we using this? Like what is the point? Like you don't have to get so deep into it, but like because like you know if it's just a talking scene, like you don't need to make some dramatic angles unless it's like really serious. <laughs> like you can keep yeah. it simple, but right. it's just kind of like I think like one thing I'm trying to work on right now is like efficient cuts and like because there's some board artists out there that i see i'm like god they make boarding look so simple because they're so good at like being efficient with their like their cuts and then like like how they use the space and yeah just that's my advice (laughs) um i would say that like a lot of people uh getting into animation and storyboarding in particular you know it helps to 
like I'm, I'm just kind of piggybacking off what Sarah already said, like, you know, take classes, it helps know the fundamentals, but don't strive for perfection. Like everyone thinks you have to be the best artist in the world to be a board artist and take from me personally, like you don't. It's like, it's, uh, it's just, you have to understand storytelling and you have to understand directing. And it's like, you know, I've seen people who are, yes, maybe less capable artists, but who turned out much better boards because they understood, you know, how to direct a scene and how to, you know, emote the characters properly and all that. So, yeah, so uh, take classes. And then also, um, I was very stubborn about this, like, when I was younger. It's like, I never used reference because I was like, I don't want to do that. I need to come up with everything in my brain because that's how a true artist works. And at this point, I'm just like, man, I don't have enough time to think of things in my brain. So, like, I'll Mm -hmm. use reference. And, like, you know, sometimes for some episodes, you know, uh, on Dogs in Space, uh, the director... I think when I was working on some episodes with uh, James Sir, one of the directors, he would like send me videos or send me, you know, little gifts and be like, have the character do something like this. And I'd be like, okay, that's, that helps. Um, so I would just say, you know, yeah, don't be afraid to do reference and don't be, you know, don't be afraid to do stuff like that. Like that's what it's there for. That's what storyboard artists do. And like, you know, you want to be efficient, you want to be quick. So it's like, if you don't have the time to think, think all up in your head, just use reference. <laughs> <laughs> that's like so perfectly lined up because I wanted to say the exact same thing um not only for like character performance but um for for just the energy of like in the um, you know how shots are strung together like if you're like I really this moment makes me think of like something I've seen before it's not really you're not cheating. You're just like, let me see where it has worked in the past. And what can I borrow from that? Um, We're not here to reinvent the wheel, you know? (laughs) So that really helps a lot. Um, And they do that like at at Lucasfilm, they do that. George Lucas would just cut together things from existing movies and send it to his artists and be like, we're like, do this. Like (laughs) I basically already made the movie with already existing films. So let's just do this. Um, that can help. Uh, and I wouldn't shy away from that. And, uh, yeah. Also, it's good to keep in mind, like, I think taking animation classes does help. Um, but just remember, we're not here to animate, you know, the boards. Mm -hmm. It just helps with Mm -hmm. the, the poses, um, in, you know, don't feel obligated to do all the in-betweens because we're trying kind of to avoid doing that in the future of this yeah. craft <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's definitely something i've been i've always been told and this is from a friend uh d'angelo edwards of the hats off media he told me or he mostly talked about the idea mm-hmm. where it comes to limited animations like sometimes you don't need to worry about having the most smooth animation sometimes it could just have such dynamic posing that it tells the story like it's it's more of a uh fill in the dots versus or versus a whole like thing where it's like it gives you all the information like sometimes you just know it's limited but you know what it's supposed to imply you know and in terms of like the 180 rule i know there was this there was this sort of rule i forgot that was actually very important that i should have done on one on a project i was working on and it's the idea of the rule of cool where it's like it's so because we had like this really cool shot. It was beautiful. And my cinematographer did really well, and, and, and Francis 
Kramer just just to give us highlights, but and like it was a really nice shot, but we cut it because it's like it would cut up, it would destroy continuity. But at the end of the day, it's like it's a really beautiful shot. I don't think anyone would would have cared and I'm kicking myself for that. It, it's just one of those things where it's like if it's 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 just that cool, people probably aren't going to be that pedantic about it. That's just and that's just sort of the thing I kind of that's just sort of the thing I think it's sort of to remember about in terms of working in this stuff because it is true. It's like you're not about reinventing the wheel. You just sometimes you <laughs> just want to make something that's really cool, something yeah. that's really good, and because most people are probably focusing more on does is this just really fun? Mm-hmm. Is this entertaining? Some want to be you know logic people and just you know really get into the weeds to that degree, which. You know, it's that your bread and butter. But for others, it's like, I just want to have some fun or I just want to see something that's just, Mm -hmm. you know, makes me feel. I think it's really refreshing when that happens, too, when you see that. Like, you're like, wow, they just went for it. That's new. Like, (laughs) yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's all. Like, I think that's just always like a great thing, especially when you say like reusing certain assets from other things. Like, you, like we all know the obligatory <laughs> Akira motorcycle shot that's always reused. But at the end of the day, it's like it's cool and it yeah. fits. The Wilhelm scream. Usually, whenever they use it, and they <laughs> Wilhelm scream. Sometimes a Howie scream. Even like at the end of the day, it's like, does this work? And I think that's something some people tend to forget. It's like, in the context of what this is being used in, mm-hmm. does this actually work? That's more important rather than just, oh my god, I, this was used somewhere else. It's like, okay, yeah. breathing's used somewhere yeah. else also, and we do that, and we every, everyone like has to do that. There's so. thing, too, it's like, it's almost like there's not really any original idea out there. Like, there's always, like, I've had... Um, yeah. Uh, I remember, like, someone telling me, like, um, I, I forget words right now, like, a executive told her, like, told me that, like, he literally had one person, like, pitch him an idea of, like, business chicken, and it was a chicken with a, a suitcase, and literally, like, t- like, two days later, he gets another pitch, and this person's, like, on the other side of the country, business chicken, Chicken with a suitcase. (laughs) 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 He's like, I'm not even joking. He's like, I get so many like, and it's like similar pitches. Like I think around Steven Universe, they said like they had so many space pitches. It was just like, just like there's like a weird trend of like similar ideas kind of getting pushed at the same time. It's interesting. So I don't really think it's like yeah, it's just like. You kind of just do it. You're influenced by what you see, so. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. It's all, it's always just sort of things that we all, we all are inspired by something, so a lot of us want to either, like, pay homage to it or maybe even come up with an idea similar to it, and I think that's always interesting. I mean, it's interesting, like, someone could be able to be in one spot and think of, you know, a chicken with a suitcase, <laughs> and someone could be all the way in another country, or possibly continent, if they yeah, yeah chicken uh, with a suitcase. So original. It's, like, it's, it's just a great idea, to be honest. <laughs> now I'm inspired. Yeah, like at that point, it's like, well, now you just got to pick which business chicken. Which casting is better? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, is it? Do you want? There, I think. Uh, yeah, so there's this. Sorry, go on. 
Oh, no, go ahead. I've been talking too much. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> uh, I think also, I think we subconsciously, you know, put things in our boards where we're like, oh, yeah, this is fun. And like, then we later realize, oh, this is clearly something else. So like something that I like to do with my characters in any show I'm working on is like they do this a little bit. Um, and I realize it's Homer Simpson. Oh, uh, it's like anytime you like, he's like, like he does that with yes. fingers. So anytime like you see character do that, chances are I probably revise or like the board for that. And I think everyone has like sort of like their little trademarks like that. And it's because of like what we grew up watching as kids or like, you know, has just entered into some conscious so deeply that it's just stayed with us creatively. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, those are, yeah, our little shout outs to the media that we watched growing up. I, I remember having right. to explain to Adam Henry a meme that he didn't know <laughs> that I put in my board. And I was like, you Which get it? it? And he's like, oh God, what was it? <laughs> oh, James knew it. So I had one one adult do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. It got cut because <laughs> Adam didn't understand it. I, I can't think back that far. <laughs> but I know my brain can't go past like five months. It's like what happened. I, like I still sometimes <laughs> think it's twenty twenty. Yeah. I mean that's everybody at this point. <laughs> like I sometimes forget two weeks is. Like I usually end up forgetting. Oh yeah, that was only yeah. two weeks. Ago. Sometimes I look at yeah. old boards from Dogs in Space, and it's yeah, like I realized how much was cut. And like that's the thing. Like you can't get too married to like what you're drawing. But it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, it would have been cool if this joke was in. But oh, yeah. you know, time constraints are a thing. So stuff. But yeah. I know. Left. I I always have to like. It's like I want to explore and try to push myself sometimes, but I'm just like I don't have time. I don't have time to like try to improve. I have to just get this done. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, and that's kind of, well, not to get into all that, but that's kind of like uh, an issue, like with how much stuff we're like studios sometimes expect storyboarders to do. Mm, yeah. If it was a mm. little more like, you know, you just have to worry about the performance and the composition and, you know, stuff like that, you might get, a little more like love put into certain sequences because there was actually time for it um but i don't know not to go off on that little thing but it's definitely a conversation that's happening right now because we're in negotiations (laughs) yeah not to plug another show but arcane is like have any of you watched arcane yeah like they Mm -hmm. got i think the board artists got like yes five four or five months to like crank out a board or something I, wow. I don't I mean I don't I feel bad because like this will go on YouTube but I don't want someone in the comment to be like no that's wrong it was this amount but mm. I but I think from what I've mm-hmm. read they had like really long schedules to you know work on their shows and like that's why mm. their stuff looks so good mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. you know and then you hear of other productions mm-hmm. and they have like four weeks for a board turnaround and you know yeah. it's tough it's I think our schedule is like pretty decent I, there were times when I was like working late um but i think our i don't know how you know you guys felt but i think it was like okay our schedule like there was still some crunch weeks for sure yeah i think it was an appropriate amount of time especially compared to some other shows i've been on that like are like 45 to 50 pages that you have to finish in five weeks like and i mean like to Mm. clean is like ready to go it's kind of kind of nuts yeah they are like some a lot on the lot on along the lines of like months to be able to do mm-hmm. to do the boards. It's like wow, it, 
just goes to show you time yeah. Like, yeah. means a lot yeah. when it comes to animation like we see it we saw we mm-hmm. very much saw the end result mm-hmm. with arcane and it's like wow but i think even with dogs in space it's like it's a really it's a beautiful yeah it's yeah. honestly a gorgeous series like uh, that was something i was looking at and i'm like wow this look this looks amazing I, like i just love like all the color palettes and like like the character designs and all the unique aliens that they would meet and some of the planets they would be on or even the technology they would play with like it still looks mm-hmm. like, uh, gorgeous. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the I love it. really nice. Yeah. I always love that shot of the giant, like, space whale. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was, like, yeah. one of the first yeah. animations to come back, wasn't it? Like, I remember Adam mm-hmm. showing us that in, like, one of the... I was just like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> so inspiring. We were all and just, was like, space so whale! <laughs> and that was such a good shot to show on early in the series, like, in the very first episode, basically. It's, like, after the first set piece... And it's like, it was such a good way of telling the audience, this is the scale that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. And then you mm-hmm. see, and then the next shot, you see a shot of the Embark, like their, their hub ship, and it's like huge as well. And yeah. so that just hammers that home. I think that was, I think the first episode did a really good job of showing us the tone and the characters and the scale of, you know, what the show is trying to do. And that's, I think that's why space shows are like kind of popular because there's just so much you can do when you have an open-ended sandbox like it can be overwhelming sometimes especially like i don't envy the writers who who worked on the show and like okay how much space do we have to play in like you can do anything pretty much um and you know but that's Uh that's what's so great about it you know rather than being confined to small and i admire shows that also like confine shows to like you know small areas and small spots because you have to be more creative with your limits as well but like each one has their advantages and disadvantages and Mm -hmm. i think dogs in space really played it to its advantage pretty well yeah definitely like i can definitely see that's like you clearly like it's clearly a show with a lot of options for space but managed to understand it's like 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 bring it back a little on some of this so it's not too overwhelming like you can get the idea you understand why we're doing this and that I think that's always something I can appreciate when it's like mm-hmm. you restrain yourself just enough, like, but you still, you know, can go crazy with some stuff yeah, when totally. you need to. Right. So, we know with the pandemic changing up how productions had to operate, it, it, things definitely were funky in terms of like, you know, the movie making industry or TV shows as well in terms of like live action. But animation was like the one medium that was able to thrive thrive through it. So was it difficult getting your jobs done through this? <laughs> yeah. Times. yeah. I would say yes. I had, like, pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. I had like just like decided to like move and live on my own and then the pandemic hit and uh, mm. I just like I had a bit of like a mental like I wouldn't say breakdown but it was just like I think like because just with like everything going on and then like, you know, the Black Lives Matter was going on and I was watching that and I was seeing all the videos and it like, I just felt so angry and upset and just like, and it was just really hard to focus. Like just, it just felt like the world was kind of crashing at the time. So like, it was just like, I struggled with like, yeah. like my boards, but like Tom and Marissa, I'm always so grateful for them because they like helped me out so much with the revisions and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was just like, um, I think it's gotten better now, like, 
because obviously we're two years into it now. But I think just like in the beginning, it was just like, this was only supposed to be two weeks. <laughs> like back in the studio. <laughs> so it was just like, for me, yeah, per, like personally, that was just like my struggle. But like, like fortunately, like our actors are uh, animated characters. So we didn't have to like, you know, we kind of, it was kind of more of just like, we didn't really get that little break in between like of like, you know, like it was just like okay well now you're working from home like oh boop like <laughs> act like everything's normal like <laughs> uh, i think i think on our end it was you know i think the adjustment period well i came in right in the pandemic so i i already came after the adjustment period um but i think for storyboard artists in general i think the adjustment period was probably smoother i think though i i think for the directors who are working with editors i think that was a bit tougher like putting the edit together i think was probably going to be more difficult mm. i think recording voice actors that was going to be a whole other thing like all the voice actors had to do like all these at-home setups and like try and create spaces where you know they don't have any acoustics and you know there aren't any echoes in the record and like there are some recordings i can listen to on the show where it's like oh i can still hear a little bit of echo because this person was recording like it's not noticeable it's only because like all of us who like worked on the boards we were listening to the audio over and over so many times as we were recording like okay now i can pick up like little nuances like oh this person sounds like they're recording in a closet this person sounds like they're recording in their bedroom but you can hear the echo bouncing off the wall um but i think um uh. you know it was you, Marissa and Sarah, you both had like worked union jobs like prior to the pandemic, right? You were in studios prior. Like this was my first studio storyboarding gig ever. And I was like so excited to like finally go into a studio and like finally meet people, like, you know, build up relationships and all that stuff. And then the pandemic <laughs> happened. And I'm a kind of a introverted person. So like it was hard for me to like develop. I, Marissa, I probably didn't like start talking to you properly until like halfway through my time yeah dogs in space uh and uh i think you know it was really um cathartic we had like a premiere uh for uh the show uh we had like a, yeah a premiere party for the show in november and that was the first time we got to see anyone in person mm-hmm. and that was mm-hmm. so nice and so cathartic and like so great to finally like meet all of you yeah um yeah, it was so weird to see what everyone's height was. But everyone's, <laughs> everyone, everyone's camera level when they're on Zoom or like on a video call. But when you meet in person, you're like, okay, this person is taller or shorter than I thought they would be. Um, but yeah, it yeah, was... James a, was... Right. Yeah, go on. Oh, James was so sweet. And he would like bring us food sometimes, like my director. Mm. And like, I didn't know how tall he was. And it was really funny because the first time he came to like drop off food... He's like, I saw your eyes go like, because oh, he's like over six feet tall. It's just, like, <laughs> it's just, like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know. Um, I I miss that. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I keep talking. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no. Sure. I I wasn't. I don't really have. I was just gonna agree with everything you guys said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just miss that. Like, yeah. You, I only, like, know storyboarders now, like, on my shows. I don't, like, know the color designers that well. I don't know, like, you know, you kind of branch out and you meet other people in the different departments and you don't have that anymore. So it's just kind of like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I think it's a lot harder um, on the social level. And then, yeah, like, uh, 
mental mental health wise like <laughs> it was hard um just because you know all, you're literally like the this is fine dog and you're just drawing <laughs> like here's a little neck roll on this dog when the insurrection's yeah. happening like yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> The week of the election, I think I got no work done because yeah. I was just like... No, yeah. I, I did not. The insurrection and the election, I just sat and I was just like, I draw like one thing and then I'm like... Yeah. Like, I just could not focus. That production, week, it, yeah, it literally went yeah, through almost works. like every apocalyptic scenario when we were on that show. <laughs> like, And we're also like... And then the show is about leaving Earth because we destroyed it. Uh, yeah. There you go. Jeremiah. Jer- mm. It does say at the beginning of the first episode. Yeah. It does say on the first episode based on a future true story. So I, yeah, think, that's, I, think, Jer- I think that's still holds. Yeah. I think Jeremiah is just a prophet and he's just like, I'm just going to tell them an animation. There you go, guys. Figure it out. Like, <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I do think uh, it, it actually wasn't too bad. Like, we were able to hit our deadlines. Like, and it, it was honestly pretty, I think, more seamless than people thought it would be, like, mm-hmm. production-wise. Yeah. But it was just a little bit chaotic for the mind. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was just, like, getting everything set up. Like, that's the big thing is, like, because each studio has their own, like, ways of Mm. security and like so like each new show it's kind of it kind of varies on like what i gotta download on my phone or what i gotta download on the computer to like you know security (laughs) yeah but uh yeah um but yeah a lot of oh sorry (laughs) a lot of studios have been like accommodating at least to like understanding it's like um hey like my internet went out today i can't (laughs) Work or mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of like. <laughs> uh, and I would hope they can be accommodated <laughs> yeah. for that because, like, our internet. Well, that was so really funny. I think because we were working with you know Atomic, which is in Canada, and like they didn't really understand that LA's like <laughs> internet was so bad. <laughs> like, it kind of took them a while yeah. to be like oh, can't we just upgrade this? And they're like, no, this is as good as it gets. Like, <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> the infrastructure is bad. Give me that fiber already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think one of the other things as board artists is like one thing that gets kind of mm. lost a bit, especially when you're doing everything virtually, is like during the pitches, when you pitch mm. something. Mm. Like if you pitch something in a room, I would know this because like I said, this was my first studio gig. But I have one thing I've heard from people is like, it's tough not getting that reaction of like pitching your boards to people and like either having them laugh mm. at a joke or, you know, smile, like make suggestions. Cause like if you're pitching on zoom just virtually and everyone's like maybe on mute. So they're like, not, you know, you don't hear them sipping their water or something. And it's just like, you're pitching to a silent room and you kind of have to like <laughs> look over to the sidebar to see if people are smiling in the, like when you pitch like the jokes that you want to get reactions out of. And I think that's, that's one thing I'm looking forward to, like when we eventually go back to offices, it's just like, you know, getting more energy. Like I, it helps like be around people because you get creative energy from people. It helps be around and like brainstorm with others and it helps with pitches to like see what's really working in your board and what isn't. So Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think that's, you know, one thing I'm looking forward to when we eventually get back to offices. Oh yeah. 
I definitely could see how, because that, that is one of the big things that was annoying is that you lose that human connectivity, you know, like, a bit, you know, it's easier to just be like, sure, it's easy to do zooms, but now you don't really have like the human element of people every now and then, like cutting in to point out something else or to actually have some type of realistic reaction. Like maybe they actually do laugh at a joke or something that you put on like your boards or something. <laughs> and it, it's amazing that you guys are able to push through, especially like Sarah was pointing out that like, you know, you're working on a whole a sort of technically an apocalyptic series while sort of the apocalypse yeah. is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't stop. This is how bad my brain is. I completely forgot. Like last year was the January sixth. I thought it's like, mm-hmm. like oh my God. Right. time doesn't make it's sense like, anymore. Yeah, living exactly. through. There's that meme. It's like I don't feel like living through another like monumental event today or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Squidward button. It's like I really wish I wasn't living through a yeah. historic yeah. event right now. Or yeah, we've had enough for a couple lifetimes. Point. This is like <sighs> just like can we stop? Exactly. Can yeah, we just like, like, like <laughs> just give us like 30, 50 actually, yeah. 50 years. Yeah. Then go ahead. <laughs> Pretty much. Just like there. I'm done. I can't do anything anyway. Uh but it it, it is definitely like this pandemic definitely is like it's got it it is able to open shine a light on a lot of things i think animation definitely was able to the it the biggest thing from the pandemic and that's not to glorify anything or anything is that it was able to showcase the power that animation really has because you know and that's something a lot of people keep pointing out is that it's like through it all animation was doing a lot of the heavy lifting mm-hmm. while it was all live mm-hmm. action had to yeah. basically just shut down. And I think that's just why there's, uh, there's been such a clear love f- for animation, like a boom of love for animation since, you know, the pandemic, you see way more people paying attention to stuff Yay. like the new deal going yeah, on. That's great. And all that. <laughs> we need that. And, and, and on streaming services, animation did really well great. last year. Like they were, we like, made them totally. so much money. <laughs> they can, they can pay us. <laughs> Where's our cut? <laughs> they can spare a few, right? Like they need to spare a few. Like they're. I want to. I want to buy property in Los Angeles. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other story. I won't open that can of worms. I'm sorry. I I was literally just thinking about, like, I'm getting married, and I'm like, maybe a house. Oh. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Congratulations. Next month. They're both getting married. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oh, congratulations both then. (laughs) So exciting. I have a cat. Oh. Here's my cat. Oh, baby. But this is about dogs. Oh, yeah. oh and yeah. yeah. Sorry. Right. No, no, you're good. I love, I love Phoebe. She's so cute. No, it's yeah. From working on the boards, and you know, you've probably drawn characters, done backgrounds, and all that. 
and you know set up shot compositions and such who would you say is like your favorite character i already mentioned chonies earlier yeah yeah yeah, i say like stella or nomi i think nomi just because i like trying to make her as cute as i could (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, stella just because like i just related to her a lot so like anytime she was like stressing out, I'm like, I feel you, girl. That's me. <laughs> I it's uh, this is the nightmare question for me because this morning I was like, if if he asks that, what am I gonna say? And, uh, and I like went through every character. And I'm like, oh, I love them too. I love them too. Like, I I I have to say, Nomi is probably my favorite. I love her energy i love drawing her like she's so fun i also really like weirdly enough i really like happy (laughs) i was gonna say happy is a close second for me i love happy he's so funny and i just love that kind of like character that like uh, grumpy sort of like oh everything offends me like i love those (laughs) ones (laughs) yes yes the snark is very heavy yeah yeah jp karliak who's the voice actor he so good and mm-hmm. like anytime i anytime i got a scene or a vision with him i'm just like yes thank you <laughs> he was always very had yeah very fun performances i definitely was getting a good sense that he was like really enjoying his role as a uh, happy especially like in the uh, last few episodes because the way he was just constantly berating garbage in every second he could just what you get it's like garbage just like got you <laughs> stranded on some magnet planet so of course like you're gonna like throw yeah, as many shots where you can it makes me think of like star trek episodes of like you know mccoy and Kirk and Spock being stranded somewhere and then McCoy is just always just like oh just like complaining and it's just like the two just have to put up with them it's so funny also I love that his name is Happy like it's hilarious like I have a friend who has a cat that's so angry and it's named Mr. Sweetie and I just can't get over (laughs) stuff like that like I love that just just the the dissonance between like yeah. Him being this surly character named Happy is just yeah. icing it's on great. the cake. I love that. Mm-hmm. Nomi was definitely, like, on rewatch, I was like, oh, she's a lot of fun. She's really <laughs> funny just because it's like, she's, she's such a cute dog, but she, like, it's like in the final episode when she puts on, like, the battle armor and, and everything, or has that <laughs> complete arsenal. And, and she's so, and she's supposed to be so intimidating, but it's like, she's. Yeah still so adorable she names the little space worm she's like okay bye (laughs) so cute and so lethal yeah i love that yeah cute but lethal Mm -hmm. it's great um i was gonna say i also just like loved kira too i think Mm -hmm. just because she just provided such an emotional back i mean along with garbage like she just provided such an emotional backbone for the entire series and like you know i i teared up like in the last couple episodes like the you know uh, spoil i don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't watched it but like there's some stuff that happens and it gets very emotional and like she and the you know the voice acting and the expressions and you know everything is so great it's done so well um Mm -hmm. so it's uh her character is like in terms of like how fleshed out she is and how deep she goes i think kira's definitely one of my favorites too yeah 
I totally agree. And it's interesting, like, as we, like, learned about the story as we were boarding, like, I really loved Kira, like, from the get-go. And then you kind of learn, like, I mean, yeah, I guess mute if you haven't watched the whole thing. But, like, then we learn uh, she kind of has, like, a little bit of a villain arc. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, I love, uh, this is crazy. I love her. I want her to, like, come back. <laughs> like, um yeah anyway. <laughs> she definitely played more into that uh idea that where it's like this is definitely a different show with the fact that it's like i shouldn't <laughs> be agreeing with her but i do because at the end of the day she <laughs> is right <laughs> like they kept like every time she like she just had a good point and it's like yeah. you just That's can't true. she's right she's crazy but human the end of the day she's right we're messed up what shots, if you can, like, name off the top of your head, would you say were, like, the most difficult to be able to board? Good question. Um, for me, personally, I think it's usually when um, every single character is there and doing something, mm -hmm. like, uh, either, like, action-y or even just, like, even if sometimes, you know, the script will be, like, here they all are in this like place, but they don't, the scripts aren't written like, and each one is doing this. Like, so you kind of have to mm -hmm. think like, what are they all doing in this space right now? Um, and I, it's a, I don't want to say right. it's difficult, but it's not like annoying. Like I like that challenge, um, but it is it, time consuming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kept getting the fight sequences and those are tough i'm not that great at yeah i'm not that great at fighting <laughs> i did the, like the stella fighting those bird things um mm. that was oh, awesome yeah. i love yeah. that me too uh, <laughs> but uh because like i had done it that's where i actually used an anime reference but then they wanted me to change the like angle of it so i had to like redo it <laughs> but like i did um no. it was one of those where it was just like the the like plane was constantly like just panning by and then she's just like just in one spot like as the birds were coming in i call them the birds yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah it's just i think usually just yeah fighting i'm not like the greatest at it but i kept getting it so it was just kind of like <laughs> trying to make it interesting and cool but yeah like because like with garbage it's like he's not supposed he's supposed to think he's skilled but he's not <laughs> and then Stella like, can hold her own and you know Nomi's just crazy but yeah but I agree that too with Marissa anytime there's like a ton of characters on screen that's where um, the 180 breaks happen yeah <laughs> yeah like it's complicated <laughs> yeah I think I agree with both of you like group shots and the fighting scenes uh are, are definitely like up there I think one one of the revisions I was struggling with was when like they're I revised a little bit on like uh, episodes one and two, like the ones where we get introduced to Kira. And I did some bits where she's running on all fours and I'm not good at drawing things that are on all fours. Uh, <laughs> so I had to, cause you know, Kira is like very dog-like when you first meet her and she like, there's a lot of, you know, dog activity. And that's not something I've really had. A, like I normally draw bipedal human people mm -hmm. and it was really tough for me to like figure out that reference uh, for like, you know, okay, how do dogs naturally move? Like, how are their haunches moving? Like, I'm not trying to animate it, but there's just, like, you want to make it look 
natural enough that the animators can look at it and be like, okay, this is what I have to do. So yeah, four-legged stuff was, you know, that was a ch- I got through it and I managed to turn in the work, but uh, yeah, that was tough for me. I do imagine like a lot of those action sequences because every time I saw like whenever y'all would have like some type of action, it's like, wow, that that looked pretty extensive with some of the stuff you got like a like the say either the fight with any usually anything with Kira, I guess because I like I said on rewatch like. Yeah, the fight with uh, Kira versus um, Garbage. And then there's Kira versus... It was Stella and the one... Jerry? The one big dog. Who or no, Duchess, Duchess maybe? Uh, Duchess, Duchess. The other one? Yeah, Duchess. The St. Bernard? That, yeah, that's Duchess. Yeah, I think... That, yeah. Yes. I love her, too. Yes, Duchess. <laughs> like that... Th- yeah. <laughs> or even, like, say, I think... I think even Choni's fight in the mech yeah. suits, I feel like that, that was a really action-heavy yeah, episode. Expensive. Yeah, Megan did the, my board partner Megan did that one, um, and she did a really good job on it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, awesome. We kind of lucked out, too, because they were going to be in 3D, so we didn't really have to draw them too, like, on model, so, like, that was nice, because, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, that was the other thing, like, I'm not good at mech, like, drawing, like, vehicles or Microsoft. Yeah. So, like, if you looked at my boards, all the spaceships were like circles. <laughs> <laughs> In spaceship here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. Like cars and stuff. I'm just like, oh boy. <laughs> I think I think that yeah, the actions were tough, but I think doing ships in space was easier for me because there was no perspective. Mm. There was no ground plane mm-hmm. you had to work from. So it's just like you're drawing a ship and it's just like a dark void behind it. And you can move the camera anywhere and, like, and you know, you can have the ship do flips and stuff and not worry about how the perspective is going to change. Um, yeah. So that was that was kind of like a nice sort of practicing ground for me. So I could like, you know, mess around a little bit. And then, you know, once yeah. I get to real mm-hmm. action scenes that I had to use perspective for, I was like, okay, I've, I've done my training. <laughs> Let's see where we go from here. <laughs> I think I feel like if anything, like those who might be watching or listen, who will like watch or listen, will find some levity knowing that it's like, oh, it, like they get into board boarding, it's like, oh, I don't have to be extensive with all the designs. Yeah. Like, like, cause it, like y'all said, you sometimes just draw the shapes that you know make it, but it's not as well detailed. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have time to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I, I've seen portfolio. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say it definitely depends on the production. I've had some where they really want you to tie those down. And yeah. it's Duncanville brutal. was like that, right? They had to be, you had to be pretty clean on Duncanville, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's intense. Uh, they oh, want wow. it pretty much ready to go overseas to just animate, hit the animate button. Not really. They do a lot more than that, but that's what, like, they, they, <laughs> when they want your show to be so, like, tight and pristine it sometimes does feel like that's they just Tidy want you to things. just fill in the blanks <laughs> but yeah right that's all that's interesting like even like for something like Duncanville that they get like that ex- extensive because something like dogs in space is like seems more extensive with all the yeah. unique designs and everything uh, it's it's so, also to uh, save money on because retakes cost a lot yeah they take a lot out of the budget. That's like, exactly I it. I had a friend yeah. that was on 
family guy and they just flat out said just trace the model sheet and Mm -hmm. they only that's why on family guy they only do these like these Mm -hmm. poses because it's just easy and they don't have Uh, they don't have to worry about like how much it's going to cost to like fix stuff (laughs) any primetime adult animated show seems to be like that which is you know it's too bad you have these amazing artists and you're kind of just using them to copy paste uh, models model sheets yeah. Mm-hmm. But Dogs I in Space, that's why I loved it. It was so the opposite of that. <laughs> forgiving. Yeah. I think it yeah. also helped that um I think that all the storyboards and all the animation was done by Atomic Cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was just all in-house. Yeah. Uh, obviously like mm-hmm. they have their studios in Canada which are like doing the animation, but I think it helped that the pipeline was a little more simplified and it didn't have to when the boards went to animators, I don't think it had to go through as many hoops in terms of like, you know, communication right. and stuff like that. Yeah, you didn't have to over explain or oversell right. anything. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely adds like mm-hmm. a lot of perspective into things. Would you say it's like, because with Dogs in Space, it's definitely more a family friendly or family oriented type of series where something like Duncanville or Family Guy is adult. Would you say it's like, is it? Would you say it's a bit more common for stuff that's family oriented to be more forgiving in the boarding process, or would it be more? It vary. It really does vary from studio. It to varies studio on general. budget. The budget kind of dictates everything, uh, um, mm-hmm. because it's kind of like they have like stuff set aside for like uh, retakes, but like for example, on Animaniacs uh, that I was on, like. They just started like doing retakes in house here at WP uh, oh. because uh, it's it was just costing too much to just like do the notes, send it back overseas, get it back. It's still wrong, you know. It's just it just costs way too much. So they're just like, we'll just have some animators in house here that they just either they'll animate something that they think is going to be too complicated to ship overseas because you have to remember like they're getting stuff and it's in English. Mm-hmm. and they have to have somebody translate it right and it's like that's why like a lot of times with boards it's like you really if you're gonna have like something that like a shot like a character like this and then you cut you need to make sure they have it like this because like two separate animators are gonna have it and they're not gonna know like what's going on because they're just yeah. getting what they need to animate and um it's just yeah there's just a yeah, like that's the other thing it's like you got to think about overseas it's like are they going to understand what i'm like drawing here or is it like to you know i just want to make it clear <laughs> yeah. right. i agree with that yeah yeah it, yeah it just varies from show to show and like um, from budget to budget like you said it's just mm-hmm. it's how much because like you get. yeah i think i'm Ben 10 there was at one point where like we do we ran out of our retake budget so this is just yeah. gonna have to stay in <laughs> so, yeah. uh, there's that one thing like Dexter's lab okay. that one oh. where they're like where they're like the audience just like flies off for no reason and that, yeah that, <laughs> that, moment, like, that was always in, so in English they said like I think the crowd like goes wild or something but they they, Wait, like what, which episode is this? I feel like I would remember this because I watched <gasps> the chunky cheese one where they went to the like the the chunky okay, cheese I got yeah. restaurant. Or like the crab yeah, and then, off or something, and they just oh go ahead you can tell yeah. it. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it's something like that. And so they literally they're like, oh okay. So they animated the people just flying away, and they thought it was so funny that they just kept it. <laughs> I gotta watch that. Right, like that was always. I watched that as a kid, and I was always like, why did that happen? I was like. I never got the answer to why that happened. And then, like, sometime later, I think someone who worked on the show explained that it's, like, something... They It was just a matter of something got lost yeah. in, like, translation or so. And that's just something that's honestly, now there. And it's, like, we can't get it. I we love can't stuff redo like it. that. Like, that's my yeah. kind of humor that, like, that makes you just go, like, why? Like, what? I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly, thinking more on it, it's, like... They technically could have just edited it, so it's like that shot doesn't happen at all, but they thought yeah. I just watched it. Gag, I have to look it up. Oh. That's amazing. I don't I don't remember the episode very well, but like yeah. yeah. It's so insane. I love that. Those are the best kind of mistakes. It was kind of an odd episode, honestly, because it was like Dexter was at this Chuck E. Cheese thing and he was winning too many tickets. And then come to find out it's like it's a mafia deal type oh, thing God. going on where it's like, oh, you can't be winning all this stuff. And like Dexter now needs to break out. It, it was a weird episode. Wow. <laughs> like to this day, I was like, what, what the hell did we watch back then? Yeah. That was yeah. Weird. Oh man, I oh, wish someone would put together a co- I wish someone would put together a compilation of like little mistakes like that from across cartoons over the last yeah. few decades and just like little things that got lost yeah. in translation because those It's kind of like it comes sometimes it comes down to like there's this little error here, but there's just way bigger jarring error, which where do we want to put the money? Obviously we're gonna yeah. put it towards the the more bigger jarring thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, love stuff some of that like stuff that. is just I do too. Oh. It's just funny. I would much yeah. prefer that to happen than like us over explaining to these overseas like yeah I, I feel bad for them. Like I'm not saying they need this to be over explained. They're artists too. Like I want them to be mm-hmm. able to have some creativity and uh to avoid the cost of retakes, we just have to like just be so like nitpicky and I feel right. like they barely have any creative room to yeah. do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this kind of speaks to a sort of a topic that a friend of mine, same D'Angelo Edwards, like pointed out when it comes to like a lot of newer animations and that there's some in some animations and it's kind of on Disney side, not the point fingers like that, but it's kind of where it's like it's a little too clean that you can't notice artist quirks, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't get to see something that says, oh, this artist did that or that artist did that and. I think that's that, and that was something that I n- d- never thought too much about until I realized, ah, huh, that actually is true. Like back in the day, there were like some type of weird thing about like, something that just kind of made these things really feel, you know, more unique to themselves or more like organic. owned by, yeah. Yeah. yeah, organic. There you go, like way more organic. Yeah. Which, and not to say that the st- the stuff we get now is bad or anything, but it is like. Mm-hmm. You you notice that it's like they're trying to clean it up enough that it kind of loses the organicness of it. I, I get what you mean. I've mm-hmm. thought about that before because I, I definitely noticed that more in 2D animation. You can see sort of the trademarks come through a little more. Like you can see them in 3D animation too, but they're not as obvious. But if you look like sort of during the 90s Disney Renaissance, like, you know, Andres De, Andreas Deja, you know, is this animator who like animated Jafar from Aladdin mm-hmm. and the animated scar. And you can kind of tell if you look at their mouths and their jaws, like, okay, you can kind of tell it's the same. And then you look at someone also like Eric Goldberg, who's this other Disney animator and he did 
the genie and he did Phil from uh, Hercules. And, uh, you know, he also has a very distinct style where he has like really smooth sort of Al Hirschfeld like aesthetic. And like, so yeah, when you look at those movies and especially 2D animation, you can definitely see those quirks come through a little bit more, but I think they were able to blend with the Disney style enough and not overextend so that it's just not completely their own different thing but they still stayed mm-hmm. unique. And like, that's why I remember those characters so well, because they're art. You can see their artists like quirks come out through them. Right. Tom's trying to do his own that... quirk, this thing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Homer Simpson. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes see it with like, just since they're so like dead ho and like following the boards, like telling the animators to follow, like sometimes like I start seeing like, Oh, I know who boarded this part. Like, Eddie Trigueros, I think if I said his name right, like, I love, Wandering Over Yonder is probably my favorite cartoon. And, like, (laughs) anytime, like, just, like, I found myself being able to be like, I think he did this section, and then I'd find his boards and be like, oh, yeah, like, and then, like, yeah, sometimes, like, you'll find, like, oh, they drew over my drawing, and you're like, oh, God, no, don't trace over my drawing, because this was drawn in, like, 30 seconds. Like, (laughs) sometimes they'll use your, they'll use your board drawings as a keyframe, so they'll just trace over. And I remember on Ben 10, I drew this really ugly Ben face and they traced it. And I was like, oh God, no. <laughs> I'm sure that's someone's favorite face. It's probably their icon somewhere. I tried whenever I could to draw him and Gwen as cute as I could. Because I was just like, I'm just going to make him really cute. <laughs> I just I like wish- cute things. I wish when they released like animated TV shows and movies, they would just release a whole the whole animatic alongside it. Because I love seeing mm. like that's where you really see yeah. the artist quirks come through and like mm-hmm. see their distinct styles, and that was a real treat. I you know on Dogs in Space, I was like rewatching so many of the animatics, and you know I could tell what was a Sarah drawing, I could tell what was oh. Marissa, and I could tell what was a Megan, and yeah, yeah. Stephen Lee, one mm-hmm. of the other revisionists. And uh, or like a Monica or a James Sir, like uh, or a Head Chi, who were our directors, and you know, I think that sort of goes back to like being in a studio and getting to know people. I think you also get to know people through their drawings and how they board. I learned so much looking at all of my crew members' drawings, and like you know, it taught me like mm-hmm. how to you know do certain other gestures or how to like approach different scenes uh, as an artist or like from different camera angles. And, you know, that was a real treat, like seeing every other artist's sort of talents and, you know, quirks come through. And that's why I also follow like storyboard artists like on Instagram or Twitter, because they always post like fun stuff, like from what they worked on, like depending on what show they were on. And, you know, it it's a competitive industry, but it, it kind of isn't too like everyone's kind of in the same boat. It's like, yeah, we're all trying to get work. And I think it really helps, like, learn from one another and not, like, burn bridges at all, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think that's just something where it's, like, I know a lot of people want to be, believe in the idea of loyalism to one studio or the other. But at the end of the day, it's, like, a lot of people across the board from all these different studios know each other and they're not wishing to beat each other. It's just a matter of, like... I, we're we're like we're just comrades like just yeah, trying yeah. to make the trying to make the funny cartoons eat. move <laughs> yeah, trying to eat rent. exactly yeah. gotta gotta, exactly i think it also sorry and i'm talking more here but i think it also comes to like what 
when people are graduating college, they're like, I want to work at Pixar or DreamWorks or Cartoon Network. And like, you know, the, those old great companies, like, you know, we all want to work there. But I think after, you know, being in this industry for a little longer, it all comes down to like, you know, do I enjoy the show? Do I enjoy the crew that I'm working with? Uh, you know, am I taken care of? Yeah. Um, and I think that's got to be something that, you know, people new to the industry have to know going mm-hmm. in. It's like, you know, you can work for the company that you've always wanted to work for, but, you know, it all comes down to, you know, how's your experience? It doesn't matter if you have that. Like, it obviously matters to have that name attached to your resume, like to have a certain company attached to your resume. But I see people get burnt out working at great companies and I see people having mm-hmm. great experiences working at smaller companies and, or, or you can mix and match it, you know, like it, everyone's experience, everyone's show is different. So, you know, yeah. you gotta, at, you know, you don't want to be picky cause like people want work, but at the same time, you got to start like knowing your worth and like what your value is and like, do I deserve to be treated this way? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sorry, yeah they're, was... they're all about, it's, it's business it's like mm-hmm. I think yeah. like myself like going into it I just was thinking like oh it's like gonna be such a creative like and it is like creative but it's like you know I thought it'd be like more like oh like we value the art like we you know we're so creative like blah 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 and then you get in there and it's just like like oh like we can't have girl shows like <laughs> what about the boys like yeah. it's just like you know it's just all this stuff it's just like uh it, it, you know you're kind of just, you're finding yourself having to fight to like get things and like mm-hmm. when we have these little wins it's like everybody it's like you know you see on twitter you get all the people they're like oh everything's so woke it's like you do not know how hard <laughs> it took to get this one thing in like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's just like yeah it's because they're gonna look at the numbers and they're gonna they're like oh this country like they're doing great. Like they love our show. They're making us a bunch of money and like toy sales and da da da. So we can't do this. Like we're not allowed to do this because they don't like this. So we can't do that. Like, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, it's, it's, you, you learn the business. Yep. <laughs> like yeah. that. that creative, that creativity and that like harmony really does come from the crew. Like not, not necessarily the studio. Yeah. Like Ben 10, I learned about how much toy companies actually control the show. <laughs> like mm. they told us how many aliens we could put in, like what, like which alien to put in what episode, like, and oh. uh, yeah. Cause I remember like the original series, my brother would watch it and I was always like, why do you use that alien? That doesn't make any sense. And so then <laughs> I was like sitting there, I was like, oh, now I know. <laughs> oh, kids thinking about, cause I did grow up on the original Ben 10 and, from mm-hmm. what you're saying at that point it's like oh that's why they haven't messed up so much because they just wanted to showcase mm-hmm. that alien yeah yeah because it was yeah it's like forearms needed to be shown like a certain number of times a season because he was like the favorite and wow. it's just yeah it's just very like we could add an alien but we couldn't take the three that they said we had to use like out right. we had to use them so sometimes you would just have Ben just do it and just stand there and just be like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to buy that like, toy now. Yeah. And like, like what, why is he using accelerate right now? What's the point? Like, how right. do I make this reasonable? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, he's going to run across the room and now he's done. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's definitely that's def like that's honestly different than I was expecting because I I knew but like back in the day like back in the eighties with the you know Transformers or He Man and Thundercats like that was like toy companies were definitely like the leading charge of like animation but to know it's like it's still kind of a thing today I'm like wow and especially yeah, and it's kind of weird considering like a lot of shows nowadays people are asking for a lot of merch like toys and such but now it's like difficult to get we that. want dogs and space plushies yeah. like yeah. no one like yes by all means let's get some plushies <laughs> i mean i don't want to have to go on etsy to look for this like they should be making them. i don't I know. know if they are on etsy i always i'm gonna look i always wondered that with like disney especially because I, I felt like a lot of disney shows like especially with the fans asking for it but yeah i i don't know like I know that's another business thing I don't know much about, like why. But, it's uh, interesting you mentioned Transformers because that was actually one of the first. I, I worked on Transformers Robots in Disguise as a production oh. assistant. Um, and that was like, it was a great crew, but there's obviously like this jaded sense of like, we're just making a show to send, sell toys. Mm -hmm. um, it was a fun show to work on, and like, you know, everyone put their heart into it. Um, but yeah, now we're kind of the opposite end. It was like, we want toys. We want, you know, we want <laughs> yeah. longevity to the franchise that we're working on. We want people to show their support. So it's like, where's the middle ground? Yeah, ben, yeah ben 10, it was it was great because the crew, it just, like, we still hang out all the time too. Like, like, even like one of the executives there was just like, I've never seen like a crew bond this much as you guys. Like, and it was just because I think we just... Yeah, we just all were just like, yeah, it's, you know, it's Ben 10, like, we're gonna try our best, but like, it's just kind of like, at least the little kids like it, that's, you know, everybody else might hate us, but the little kids like it, and that's what's important, because <laughs> yeah, they're the targeted audience. Right. At the end of the day, the nerds, yeah. they can just kind of go do something else at the end of the day, it's like, <laughs> you're yelling at a kid's I don't know. <laughs> like, come on, yeah. let these people, yeah. let the kids And there's so the many, fun. like... I think there's like so many iterations of it too already. It's kind of just like mm. you can only tell the story so many times. <laughs> like, right. Because like, yeah, yeah. Because like Ben, the new one was fresh off of Omniverse ending like two years or prior, so it is like mm. you're going to get some repeats here and there. Which, mm -hmm. mm. yeah, it's. I mean, I I understand it. It's just like. It's kind of like I can't help you there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like, like they could put the stuff on the stuff's probably on streaming somewhere. You could just go rewatch that. <laughs> you know, that's an option. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's just kind of like, you know, I can say like, oh, let's try to do this and then it's like, no, we don't have the money. Like <laughs> <laughs> So it's all budget. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's fun to just explore, like, I mean, I'll admit myself, like, sometimes I get sick of all the reboots, like, I want more original stuff to start coming out, because I am, like, I think part of it is they probably have to relicense their stuff, so they're just rebooting everything to, like, mm. that's what Disney is doing right now with all those live action, they gotta, like, keep their copyright on stuff, so, but yeah. it's just kind of, like, I do miss like yeah, Dogs in Space was refreshing because it's just like oh, it's nice to be on something like you know like original and like mm -hmm. yeah, that was great to like work on that from the ground up because after Dogs in Space, I started mm -hmm. working on some other shows where I was working with like you know legacy characters like 
characters that already existed and they were they're cool characters to work with i love working with these characters but dogs in space was special because like you said sarah it's like working you get to be like really hands-on with these characters you kind of get to develop their personalities yourselves because they're not established at this point right. um so yeah that was a really that was another really special treat just getting to work on an original property like that yeah yeah i think uh that's definitely something I feel is always very refreshing. That's why I think I even clung to Dogs in Space so much because it's the fact that it's not a reboot. It's a wholly original property. And so I'm getting a whole new experience versus just the same old stuff that I've been seeing for a good minute now. Like they, I just think that's just something I kind of appreciate a lot about, like, say most of these new age original shows that it's like, mm-hmm. even if it's something like, say, Arcane, which is based on a based on a game it's like it's in a new medium that it's i have seen before yeah yeah it's yeah, different yeah yeah like, so Actually, yeah, so the, good. yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry i was so hesitant to watch it because like there's so much discourse on it and i'm like i feel exhausted i don't know if i want to participate in all that but i uh, my fiance played it like one day and i was just hooked <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's kind of the thing for me is always like I just watch sometimes I just watch for myself mm-hmm. just to avoid mm-hmm. like I don't need the fandom I've been I've done that before it wasn't fun let yeah. me just watch this for myself uh, y'all can talk about it over there keep me yep. away I, from I, that I think my favorite thing too about the show is like uh like music for the fights just like mm. every fight had its own kind of like music to right. it like yeah like it was cool like kind of like a theme and stuff oh yeah, yeah. I always like they like, like they the choreograph that stuff yeah. yeah like the bar fight they had like it kind of like that southern like you know like uh like saloon <laughs> music you know when they're yeah. fighting like every so often i have to watch it, that bridge fight from episode seven the echo, it's the echo. So, yeah it's, i have that, i love that oh, one favorite that was, that was i'm gonna show that to my one. students and be like actually <laughs> i think i think uh the company that storyboarded it i think they just recently put up a link to like a, a lot of the storyboards they did and oh. they include a storyboard oh. for that Ooh. sequence too i'll have to find it someone posted it Ooh. recently yeah um, send it to me because i love that shot where it's just the the little stop the, the watch yeah. going back and forth yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. i'm just like this is so cool it's such a <laughs> like they do an amazing job of like you're in this battle and they also are just showing like the history of the character right. and they're yeah. like, oh my god i was just like i could have cried i was like i yeah. want more of this Aww. like please <laughs> it's just amazing to me because it's like it's doing two things it's yeah. like it's giving you a good battle while also telling the story of these two characters who mm. you didn't really see interact that much yeah. it's like yeah you, mm-hmm. it's like i never thought you could do, you could do that that was a that's yeah. an option yeah. it's not just like intense yeah. action it's heavily emotional too like exactly and it, anyway. it shows how he's like reading her movements too because they're just so they're so used to like how they used to like play and like he's right. reading how and then he's grown so then that's how he beats her in the end because he you now knows like her next move <laughs> like exactly. but, so good yeah that's so deep yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> i love it oh uh, yeah so i get i'm trying to think would this be in the same ballpark as the favorite character but i'm trying to oh is that where we that. started <laughs> No, we started, uh, like, in terms of, like, what was the most, like, 
difficult thing to make. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, we, we so, went on some tangents. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's something to li- It's a lot to listen to. It's, it, it was definitely a lot of information to, to say. I think everyone's going to be happy to hear all that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I want to say, like, sort of, like, sort of just for fun. Um, what, who would you pick any, what, like, who would you pick as any of the main characters to be, like, a pet? Mm-hmm. Oh. Good question. That's a good question. I don't know. I'm just gonna say uh, Jerry because he's already oh, primed yeah. for <laughs> yeah. the other so ones. I'm... <laughs> yeah. I might feel too guilty taking any of the other ones. I don't know. Like <laughs> <laughs> they're too um, human now. Like you're yeah. too advanced. I don't want to make you a pet. <laughs> Also, my right. my fiance is very partial to Jerry. Like he he loves Jerry so much. <laughs> Even as like a dog, he he's just like always sad. Like I hope he wants to be that way. I'm like I think he does. It's okay. Mm. <laughs> I think just garbage because he's so goofy and loyal. Um, and because Nomi, I feel like would just be like an insane puppy that like I would just have struggled to train <laughs> and then i mean stella would be easy to train because <laughs> she's so like um so i i feel like stella are garbage because i just really love like dopey dogs like the dogs <laughs> that are just so goofy and like <laughs> but lovable like they just love their human so much <laughs> so cute right. i i don't know i feel like i'm just biased because like i normally wouldn't say chonies because like i never was like a small dog person but then during the pandemic we adopted a chihuahua spaniel um who's really cute and uh so i would probably say chonies i don't know if any of you did marissa sir do either of you have you ever had dogs growing up or like have a dog in your life Mm -hmm. i always tried to like i think there was like one time where i like tried to do sort of a sketch of what zoe is like just like in the background and be like oh maybe she'll get into the show um Uh, but that never, I think something had to get cut. So, um, I don't hold it against them. I mean, it's just, not <laughs> but yeah, probably someone like Joan. He's, I think just, mm-hmm. he's such a sweetheart. He's cute. Okay. I think I'd be, I think a partial to either garbage or Nomi, like Nomi because mm-hmm. she's just so cute and adorable and garbage just because mm-hmm. it's like, I think he really would live up to the whole man's best friend because how dedicated he was to his owner. Yeah. yeah. A good I think boy. I remember Jeremiah at that premiere party said Nomi was named after um a dog they had growing up. Yeah. I forgot uh-huh. what her the actual name was, but like they kinda like messed with the name and created Nomi with it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was like I couldn't remember how he yeah, how he explained how he did her name, but yeah, she's based on a dog they had growing up. Um, which I thought was really sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there were a couple other characters that were based on crew members' dogs, weren't there? I mean, I don't, I don't know who specifically, but I feel like there were a couple. Others. I think Monica's, or no, um, yeah, I think like as background characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah a right. lot of people's dogs were background characters. Mm. I know Monica pushed for the balloon dog so yes. much. Oh, she, what's yeah, his name again? Yeah, such a funny name. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I forgot his name. Dog, I, 
Yeah, he has a whole history. (laughs) Monica has this whole, like, uh, canon history. (laughs) (laughs) I I still laugh at this one gag when they were being re-evolved, like, turned back into their uh, normal states. And, like, he, he... notices all the balloons that pop because he had popped yeah. them as a yeah. regular dog and he's just crying oh, no. <laughs> i was like I drew... poor, that poor man that poor dog i drew that part he did a great job because i was like that poor dog like he just looks so he was so broken and devastated monica was just like yeah monica was just like he's gotta like it's like his child his child is Added on with this scream, like <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yeah!" She, I know, like she was determined to like <laughs> fit him in a bunch as much as she could, just somewhere in the background. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap up with one last question: With how animation fandoms could be on social media, particularly to how they can treat trues, I mean, crews of shows and movies, is there anything you want to say to like any of those naysayers? Um, what are they saying, Nate? What are the names? Sorry, go on. Oh, I get the, I appreciate the passion and just wanting better for the, like, animated content. I do Mm -hmm. feel, though, a lot of that, like, is misguided towards people, like, that don't have the power, like, like, you know, it's just like, Right. They they think we have so much power when like there's just like three or four levels above us that like control mm-hmm. more like and it's just kind of like you gotta remember too like we're human <laughs> this is a job we're mm-hmm. just trying to do our job and just like feed our family or for babies <laughs> or pay for weddings <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like you know if you, you catch more flies with honey than, you know, like if you want to make change, the last thing you want to do is attack people. But I know there's some people that just, they just want to do it because they want the likes and the retweets and they just want to keep stirring up drama. Like, and I, I, I don't understand that, but <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. I just block them. So right. <laughs> you can celebrate your block if I block you. I, I, I made you happy. If I made you happy doing that, I'm more than willing to block you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a tough line to walk. Like I was once Dogs in Space came out, you know, I was on Twitter all the time looking for reactions and being like, oh, who said what? And it got like really good feedback. But, you know, you'd come across the odd tweet and you'd be like, I wasn't really a fan of the show. And that's fine. It's when people are like, the animators were lazy. Like, what is the story yeah. writing? Like, you know. And yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's like Sarah said, you've got to realize this is a job and people are working on it and we don't have a say in everything, you know? And, you know, I, I, I think even for me, I can look, there are like terrible animated things out there, but even when I look at it, I'm like, someone worked on this and probably had passion and like really wanted to make something mm-hmm. meaningful. And it kind of goes back to like this quote from Ratatouille where Anton Ego says, you know, the average piece of junk is probably more meaningful than the person designating it. So, and I think that's kind of what mm-hmm. I've thought this whole time looking at Twitter discourse and social media discourse. It's like, you know, constructive feedback is one thing, but, you know, you can't just 
dump on someone because it just didn't end up being the perfect product that you wanted. You know, oh, it's yeah. just it's a job, and yeah. you know, we got to work and we got to get rent. <laughs> <laughs> it's also funny how it's so it's so easy to come into something that's a final product or close to final and go like I know exactly what would have made this better and it's like <laughs> mm-hmm. like this was a this was years of like development it's it's very easy to come in at that point to say like yeah you probably should have done this it would have been so easy like um but you know I, I try to keep that in mind when I give my own critiques, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, just be constructive. And um, after that point, like, I just have to use that phrase that I've learned of the Gen Z phrase: just go outside and touch grass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, exactly. just calm down. Go. It's so beautiful outside. Why are you doing this? Right. <laughs> what is this like, gonna do? Yeah. Like, what do you think? And. If you want to work in the industry, because I do see a lot of, like, aspiring animators, and they're the ones that are, like, hopping on these, like, chains of, like, just attacking people. Like, my friend got attacked, like, last year, which it was infuriating, because I didn't know what to do, because I was like, I don't want to respond and make things worse, and, like, it's just, and it, yeah, it was just, they tried to go after her job, which is disgusting, it, but luckily, like, you know, studios know of, like, the internet culture, so they're like, we're adults, so, yeah, no. <laughs> but it's just, it's just, I don't know, it's just you want to work in animation, you don't want to anger or, like, already form, like, bad relationships before you even step in, because right. the yeah. relationship is what you need to get in. You need to, like, you know, meet people and make friends and, like, it's literally how you get the foot in the door because they refer you, they, you know, you introduce you to people you might not have ever met, like, and to burn that bridge before you even get to it, it's kind of not really a smart, you know, job venture. (laughs) And, you know, if you're, you know, the passion and everything, it's just like, make your own thing and put it online. (laughs) And, you know, if you want that, make it because like there's those of us in the industry that probably have similar issues like they do and they're make, all making their own stuff because it's just how they if they can't get it through the studio they're going to make it themselves so right it's you don't need the studio to make your project look at vivian madrino i mean she's got has been hotel she's got uh uh Hell of a Hell boss. Of a boss. Yeah, thank you. I, I yeah. almost messed that up. I almost said Hulk's Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's Gordon Ramsay. Look at Gordon Ramsay. Look at all the shows he has. <laughs> I watched all of them during the pandemic. I binged them. Oh my god. I uh, okay. I oddly found his yelling soothing. I and I don't know why. You don't. No. 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 Like, <laughs> I know what it is. I figured this out. I'm like, why am I watching this like horrible reality TV? It's because during this time, you just want someone to hold people accountable, and he does. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it, it's, it feels so good. Yeah. Anyway. You're just like, darn it, Julie. Why didn't you cook that steak properly? Get him, Gordon. Yeah. Get him. Where's the lamb sauce? <laughs> yeah. I'll an idiot bird ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. 
like, yeah. yeah, how did you burn ice cream? <laughs> like, that's a, that's a conundrum. It's, I'm quite talented to do that, really. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think all that is, like, great things in terms of, like, what it is with all these people who, like, because it is true. Like, it's great you have the passion, but at the same time, it's like, you got to remember these are just human beings, you know, making mm-hmm. something. They're like, and to quote my friend again, it's like nobody wants to make a bad product. Like, not yeah. like oh, nobody man. in this industry is like, oh, I I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the worst thing. Man, that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's like like rubbing their hands together trying to like screw anybody over. There's no like conspiracy. Yeah. Of right. like, yeah, it's just. It's Let's just, anger as many Twitter people to... as possible. <laughs> yeah, it just—it's just... it's honestly a thing, and that's why, like, I'm always sometimes on, like, I'm just on the move attacking these people when they get crazy because it's like, <laughs> oh. calm down, people. Like, yeah, like it's a—it's—it's it's just a—it's a drawing. Why are you mad? You did, you know, you have the option to just not turn it on. Yeah. The, the, like you could just go find something else. You could be putting more time into something you actually like. There's no reason to be mad about a show you just don't personally like. You don't need mm-hmm. to try to act like it's objectively bad. Yeah, like, you can just turn it off. It's subjective, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. There's there's stuff that I'm like, eh, I'm not interested in that, and but I don't go on Twitter and be like, I'm not interested in your show. How dare you? Right. <laughs> this was right. not made for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's just no reason to pretend like, oh, these people, like, kicked your dog and slapped your mother, because that didn't happen. Like, they yeah. just they just made a cartoon you don't really care for. That's all that happened. Like, treat people with respect. I think that's something that somehow a lot of people just forgot about, especially in the pandemic, since we're online all the time. But at the end of the day, it just comes down to basic respect. If you, like, you know you wouldn't want people treating you like this, so why treat mm-hmm. others like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. So much policing on Twitter. It's just kind of like, it's like, you're 13. <laughs> you shouldn't even be on Twitter right now. <laughs> right. No, just go outside, experience things to make your own show someday. Yeah. <laughs> Based right. off of that. If you have... If you have a dog, pet it because you might be sending it to space one day to go yes. find a planet. Yeah. We destroyed our planet. And pick up your trash. Don't litter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't invest in NFTs or crypto. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Don't do that. Like, we can cut that out. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that. like, they need to know no more NFTs. Screw yeah. NFTs. Um, Stop doing it. Yeah, You're buy gonna, some work. Because otherwise, dogs in space become the reality, people. Yeah. Stop yeah. it. Just buy some actual artwork yeah. from your favorite artists. They'll appreciate Thank that. You. Let's make it like, like but at least you have real artwork at that point. You bought real something that's there. Yeah. But come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been listening oh. to so many, like, cryptocurrency scams on youtube and i'm like oh god <laughs> but, okay with that i want to thank you all so much for doing this and this has been a very fun and even enlightening experience it's just been a great time i'm so glad you all came on to you know talk your talk and say your piece on you know having be able to Work on this great show, Dogs in Space, which is on Netflix right now. You can go see season one right now. So 
with that, like just give want to give one last sign off for who all you are. Oh, uh, well, thanks, man, for like having us on. It was really nice talking to you. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm a storyboard artist. Uh, please don't attack me on Twitter. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> They'll deal with me if, they, if that happens. <laughs> um, I mostly retweet ducks and cats anyway, so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's animation's fun, but I'm awkward. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm Tom. I am a revisionist storyboard artist. And you like, yeah, don't attack me on Twitter either. You can attack me on MySpace. That's fine. I don't use it anymore. <laughs> uh, I actually went to like check to see if my account was still active the other day. And it's like just a broken JPEG, the whole page. So <laughs> that was a weird tangent to go off on during this ta- during the sign off. But yeah, that's me. Uh, yeah. Um, and so. I'm. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> oh, you're good. Uh, I'm Marissa. I'm a storyboard artist and revisionist, and this was super fun. I even learned a lot. Like, we haven't talked in a while, so, like, this was really great, and I appreciate you asking us on. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I guess, all right. Like I said, I really appreciate you all coming on, and with that, I want to say thank you all for tuning in, and always remember, it's just a thought. The opinions expressed in this are of the individual guests and only of the individual guests and not of their employers.